0: This the morning, Dan and Amy, uh, Lindsey Graham had an interesting theory on the uh, New York Times op-ed connecting it to the
1: Mueller investigation.
0: Listening to the senator.
1: This op-ed piece about the personality of the president, suggesting that he's unhinged and he is uh, incapable of being a good president without being minded, tells me a lot about the Mueller investigation. This, to me, is a signal that if there's there's nothing there with Russia in terms of the president working with the Russians during his campaign, the next line of attack is the man is unfit for office. He's crazy.
0: Now, we're back to the 25th Amendment uh, case, and, uh, of course, you have the Bob Woodward book to uh, help buoy that case, uh, at least with in D.C. press corps circles. Interesting theory from Graham, uh, of course, now that runs counter to that big scalp that uh, Mueller got on Friday with uh, George Papadopoulos getting that 14-day prison sentence for lying to the FBI. Wow. Whoa, that's a big one. Yeah, they knocked me over with a feather. For more on this, we're pleased to be joined by our friend Andy McCarthy, former chief assistant U.S. attorney in Manhattan, contributing editor National Review, now nationalreview.com. He's written on uh, both of the topics, the Mueller investigation as well as the op-ed. Andy, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Dan, Amy. I, I stayed up and watched Aaron Rodgers last night, so my sympathies to you folks. Yeah, he's yeah, the X okay. Factor. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he was
0: never really out, was he? Yeah, it's uh Cinderella's <laughs> it story from out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. there's collusion. Yeah, no mm-hmm. the medical Um, so, uh, you, um, so what What do you make of uh, Lindsey Graham's supposition that uh, there's nothing there with uh, Russia despite the Papadopoulos plea and sentence, and so it's all going to be uh. 25th Amendment unfit for office rhetoric from Democrats.
1: Well, I, I about 75 percent agree with him, and he is making a point I try to make in my weekend column uh, about questioning Mr. Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, about exactly what crime it is that Trump is alleged to have committed or is under investigation for since that's supposed to be the trigger of any investigation. There's supposed to be a crime first, and then you get a prosecutor. The reason I say I only three-quarters agree with uh, Senator Graham, or at least what's what's uh, been reported about it, is I don't think that this goes to the 25th Amendment. I think the departure from the way that investigations are normally done goes to impeachment. And what I mean by that is, I expect that because Mueller has not had to investigate based on a crime, that is, that the boundaries of his investigation have not been what the normal boundaries are, what the regulations require, which is the factual basis to believe a crime was committed. Um, I believe what he will file is a report that doesn't find any prosecutable crimes. But has a lot of information in it that's uh, unflattering of the president, you know, erratic judgment, uh, uh, bringing people of uh, questionable character and, and Russia connections into his campaign, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the point of that will be twofold. One will be to defend the FBI and the Justice Department for having had a rational basis to investigate, even if there was no probable cause of a crime. Uh, and secondly, I think, you know, he, he can put that all in a report. And then once the defense, the Democrats win the midterms, if they do, the Congress does not need a crime, a prosecutable crime in order to file articles of impeachment. So if there's enough unflattering information that they can inflate into high crimes and misdemeanors, they'll use it for that purpose. Yeah, but what and you're saying, why what, I think,
0: what, what you're suggesting is just that he would write up a report that sounds like the Woodward
1: book. Well, the, the point, Dan, is that there's no, he, he's not supposed to be able to do that. My, my point in the column over the weekend is right. he is not counsel for a congressional impeachment committee. He's a federal prosecutor, which means his only job is to decide whether there's sufficient evidence. To proceed on criminal offenses or to decline criminal offenses. That's what the regulations say. And my point is because Rosenstein has not limited him to criminal offenses, he's at liberty, it seems, to write a report on exactly that. A, you know, a, a kind of a here's my impression of the president's fitness for office book. And in the meantime, the president's fitness for office is a very important issue but it's an issue for the public and the Congress. It's not an issue for a federal prosecutor. So what
0: does it mean now that the former Trump advisor, George Papandopoulos, has been sentenced to 14 days behind bars?
1: Seems to me that uh, Mrs. Clinton said that she didn't know what C meant in classified documents. That ought to be worth at least 15 days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is it going to affect the investigation? No, I mean, you know, look, it it
1: goes to show we we were told, Amy, uh, months ago that this was This was the big nugget that launched the uh, investigation to end all investigations, right? The Papadopoulos angle. And what what this demonstrates, it really just underscores what we already knew, which was this guy was never, ever charged um, with anything remotely connected to a conspiracy crime having to do with cyber espionage with Russia. And if you look at the lie that he was prosecuted for, It's it's chump change. I mean, basically, he lied about the timing of a conversation because in the in the eyes of uh, Mueller, uh, the the fact that he had the conversation with this uh, Maltese academic Mifsud after he was in the Trump campaign versus just before he was in the Trump campaign. And there was a little gray area about when exactly he joined the Trump campaign. But that was a material fact. And the fact that he was misleading about it was the crime of the century. Well, now we see the crime of the century is worth two weeks.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to your piece over the weekend, Mr. Rosenstein, where what is the crime? And you write, uh, what's the legal basis for his special counsel investigation? We have a right to know. It is intolerable that after more than two years of digging, we still do not have an answer to that simple question. So if you were part of President Trump's legal team, would you be advising him to uh, stop tweeting about Jeff Sessions and whistle Rosenstein in for an answer to that question and make that answer public or demand publicly that he answer that question if he resists.
1: Uh, I would have stopped long ago tweeting about Sessions. And by the way, I think there's a lot more going on at the Justice Department than people seem to, to think. So, you know, <laughs> the fact that you're not hearing about a lot of uh, investigative activity Folks, that means that the Justice Department is functioning the way it's supposed to, which is that you don't hear anything until they're ready to charge somebody. Mm-hmm. But putting, putting that aside, the president's uh, kind of ridiculous jihad against his attorney general, uh, I do think that the public demand deserves an answer after two years of the, the pressing question of why do we have this investigation, namely, what is the crime, And I expect that the reason we don't get that answer is twofold. Number one, there is no crime. Uh, They've been using the pretext of the Russia counterintelligence investigation. That is the investigation of Russia's interference in the election, which nobody disputes that they need to to do uh, as a as a cover to investigate Trump criminally, even though there's no crime. So I think they don't want to come out and say that. Secondly, if you remember, on August 2nd, 2017, uh, Rosenstein amplified Mueller's jurisdiction in the secret memorandum, which we haven't been allowed to see. If I were Trump, I'd force him to, to come clean on that one. Um, but I, I suspect that what happened is he relied heavily on the Steele dossier in expanding or explaining what muller's jurisdiction is it, it, the right memo that he issued was right around the same time as he signed off on the fisa warrant that we know relied on the steel dossier
0: but but both of those prongs that uh you believe explains why we don't have an answer to that question uh redound to the president's benefits so why isn't he and his legal team pressing on that
1: i have a feeling they may be i think that um You know, timing in life is everything. What we keep hearing is that uh, they may roll out some information about the page, FISA warrant this week. Yeah, right. I have a feeling that maybe there's actually a strategy here and that as long as politics is being played against the president, that he's decided to wait until after Labor Day when everybody's, you know, paying more attention again to start rolling this stuff out. At least I, I assume that's what's going on here. You know, I know that people think the president is wild and crazy. And I think that myself a lot of the time. But the people around him are not. I mean, he's got very, very good lawyers. Uh, And I would not be surprised if there's a more sophisticated public strategy than people think here. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, what was your reaction when you heard, You know, I think it was on Friday, that President Trump said he wanted the Sessions and the Department of Justice to investigate who the leaker is to the New York Times, who who wrote the op-ed?
1: Yeah, I thought that was really reprehensible. I think You know, I understand that the president doesn't like the op-ed, and if the person who who wrote it is uh, is discovered, I think uh, I'd I'd be the first person to support him firing that person and and kicking him out of the White House, you know, forthwith. But let's not let's not continue to do what the left does and pretend that every single bad thing that happens is a crime. Uh, You know, I tweeted over the weekend when I saw some of this stuff. I I happened to be one of the handful of people in this country who's actually tried a seditious conspiracy case. And to say that this op-ed is sedition or treason is lunatic stuff. I mean, it just sounds crazy. The president is not the country. You know, you can't have treason without uh, somebody lending aid and comfort to the enemies of the United States, not the political enemies of Donald Trump. Sedition is conspiracy to use force against the United States to overthrow the system. Do you know how crazy it is, how crazy it sounds when people talk about an (laughs) op-ed? I mean, really, an op-ed as sedition or treason? That's that's loony talk.
0: Totally agree. And and by the way, um, the actual case of sedition you tried, you're, you're referring to the first World Trade Center bombing, yeah?
1: I am uh and you 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 may be about to remind me that tomorrow is what the the uh seventeenth seventeenth uh, yeah. anniversary of the nine eleven attack, and it's twenty five years since the World Trade Center right. was bombed, yeah, so we're still talking about the same things.
0: He is Andy McCarthy, former chief assistant u s attorney in Manhattan. Prosecutor of the First World Trade Center Bombers, as we were just discussing. Also, contributing editor at National Review, nationalreview.com. Check out his weekend piece, Mr. Rosenstein, What is the Crime? Andy, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it.
1: You you guys have a great week.
0: You too. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro.